0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Remix Movement podcast. I want to talk about something that may be uh, easy to understand, simple for you to do, but doesn't get applied very much. (laughs) Um, If you read the title of this episode, episode 198, Kill Them With Kindness. I believe it was Selena Gomez that made this uh, phrase really funky, pop, and cool, and hip because of her song. But this is a phrase that a lot of people like to mention, right? A lot of people like to use this, kill them with kindness, as a phrase, right? And I kind of looked up the research and did like a quick Google search. So basically, when people say kill someone with kindness, they actually mean to cause someone discomfort to uh, to cause discomfort to someone, by treating him or her in a way that is extremely kind or helpful instead of returning the insults. That's what it means by killing with kindness. So when we think of the word kindness and we say killing with kindness, right, usually it's it's said to people that we don't agree with, people that we have an issue with, people we're in disagreement with, people that might have different opinions, people that we really don't like, like our enemies or somebody that you just can't stand. And and people say, you know what? What you got to do is you just got to kill them with kindness. You shouldn't back talk to them. You shouldn't send like a really nasty comment. You shouldn't, you know, try to make them look bad. Don't return it with insult. But you know what? Just kill them with kindness, right? Again, this is something that people like to say It's very simple to do, but we don't do it, all right? So I want to just jump into the Word of God, and I want to talk about kindness. I want to just give this a little bit of a a more practical, easy way for you to go ahead and do this, okay? Now, in uh, the regular dictionary, kindness is described as the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate, right? Someone who is pleasant, Someone who is friendly um, that you can just go up to with a smile, a high five, uh, you know, pat on the back. Generous, meaning that they're willing to give, all right, give to others in, in different ways and consider it, meaning like you, you're you going to consider their feelings. You're going to consider how they they might walk in their shoes. You're going to consider the situation. So when you're showing kindness to someone, regardless of this regardless as if it is someone you like or you don't like, you are basically showing them that they are valid and you want to be friendly to them. You want to give to them. You want them to know, you know, hey, I got you. Like, you can count on me. I'm going to be kind to you, right? So um, I want to go ahead and uh, and read 1 Corinthians 13, 4, because to understand the essence of kindness, we have to understand Where it comes from now when you read first Corinthians 13 everyone knows these passages as the passages about love right and verse 4 says it very plainly for you to understand right love is patient love is kind and then it goes on to say love it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud but let me tell you guys something if God is love and love is patient and love is kind, that means that when you're being kind to someone else, you are reflecting who God is, okay? So if I love God, then I want to be able to show that love through my kindness for others, right? And even in the two uh, major commandments that God wants to go ahead and have us follow, it's basically love God and then love people, right? So love God Put him first in everything and then put others first. Notice it doesn't say you. It doesn't say love God, love you, then love people. It says love God, okay? And then love people, love others, treat your neighbor the way you want to be treated. So when you show love, you're showing kindness. Kindness is a fruit from where love is rooted. God wants us to be able to show kindness to everyone, right? He wants us to be able to treat everyone. With respect because we are all God made God created and even though you might not like a person because they don't think the same way you do Even though you might not agree with somebody because they have a different opinion That goes against what you believe the Bible says or it just goes against your morale Even if somebody looks different acts different pisses you off because they want to be in your space You still have to love them. You still have to show kindness and you know There's a lot of other things that people really like to say, like these catchphrases, right? These catchphrases, a lot of them are biblical, right? So people say, well, you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. And that's a way for people to basically say, well, you know what? If you're kinder to someone, if you show them a better attitude, if you're polite to people instead of being rude and negative, then you'll be able to get better results, right? Results. So you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Let me show you the Bible verse from where you can probably see something like that. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul. Plain and simple. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul. There's a lot of people that you may not agree with, that you may not like, that it's hard to stand And they're dealing with deep rooted issues that are affecting their soul. And what they need is not for you to clap back to their rudeness, not for you to strike back with insult, not for you to strike back in physical altercations. What they need is an action of love. And what is that action going to be done through kindness? All right. So I want to read a Bible story. Well, a passage, a scripture in the Bible that uh, goes ahead and talks about a description of what kindness is. And you know what? Before I get to that scripture, because I want to go in depth with it, I want to jump to um, really quickly. uh, What is this? This is Luke chapter 6, and I'm reading verse 32 to 36. It says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to others, uh, lend to other sinners for a full payment. Here's the tricky part, right? Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the most high. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. So there's a few things in here, right? We talked about love your enemies. We talked about how God is love and we talked about how kindness is brought from God is brought from love, right? And then it says here. Do good to your enemies, love your enemies, lend to them, not expecting anything in return. And then it says here, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. This is something that, again, it's difficult for people in the flesh to understand this in the spiritual. And when we think of kindness, it shouldn't really be um, something that you strive to do in the physical. It should be something more inner in your, in your spirit, in your soul, right? You, when you give to others, you give from generosity, you give from love, and you give with a heart not expecting back. When, you, uh, when people receive something from you, even though they don't understand it, they can still not be nice to you, right? So it is possible that that coworker you're having a problem with, or that brother-in-law, or that sister-in-law, or that person in your family, or that friend you have, or, or even somebody that you just happen to work on a project with at school, that person that you can't stand, that person that has nothing nice to say, you kill them with kindness by being nice, by being generous, by assisting them on projects, by making sure that they know that you got their back. And there is a very high chance that person will never give you back the same kindness, the same courtesy, the same friendliness, the same generosity. And we can't feel... Like, we have to repay others in the same way that they do. We can't expect to be blessed when we're expecting for them to repay you for your kindness. See, God gives us kindness. And when he gives to his sons and his daughters, he gives not expecting. He gives to bless you, not, not expecting anything back. Well, you know why he does that? Because he loves you. So he's giving you kindness. He's giving you blessings. And and he wants you to be just like him. He wants you to act like a child of the most high, just like it says in this Bible verse. Be like my children. Be godly like me. Love like me. Be kind like me. Don't expect anything back from those who are unthankful, from those who are wicked, from those who don't understand kindness. It's difficult for us because we know who God is. We have a relationship with him. We are growing our faith with him. We are surrounding ourselves with people who love us. And when we give to believer, well, to non-believers, to people who don't know who God is, to people who may be ignorant to what true kindness and love is, to people who don't know unconditional love, to people who have not read the Bible, to people who don't have the same standards, we should not be measuring our kindness with something else. That we hope to get back. All right. And I know that's difficult and that's hard. And I know it doesn't sound right. But you know what? In the eyes of the Lord, that is right. In the eyes of the Lord, we should be able to love others. Especially those who don't like us. Especially those that can't stand us. Especially those that, like I gave those examples that we just, it's its hard for us to deal with. But you know what? They're there for a reason. I'll tell you this. They're there to test our faith they're there to test our godly character they're there to for a purpose right maybe god put that person in your life for the purpose of them seeing god through your kindness of seeing god through your acts of seeing god through what you're saying of seeing god through how you you treat your family of seeing god through the way that you give when you're surrounding them okay But again, this is where I want to get to, okay? It's not so much the kill part. It's a little bit more about the kindness part. It's not so much about like trying to show them that, hey, yes, you might not like me. Yes, you might talk bad behind my back. Yes, you may cause drama. But you know what? My kindness is bigger than your insults. My kindness is bigger than what you're saying behind my back. My kindness is bigger than the way you treat me. My kindness is bigger because I know who God is. And because I have God, you are blessed with my kindness. Because I have God in my spirit, because I have a relationship with the Lord, I am going to go ahead and look beyond what you're doing and, and see you for how God created you. You are an image of God. You deserve to be loved and you deserve to receive kindness. All right. So I wanted to just put a little bit of that in there. And now we're going to go to the first scripture. Okay. And, and keep listening because at the end of this podcast, right before the end, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you four ways of how you can show kindness to, uh, to others, to others in general, people you like and people you don't like. There are four key ways of how you can show kindness. All right. So I want to go ahead and read Second Samuel chapter 9. And I'm going to read the scripture, and then after I read the scripture, we'll break it out a little bit, and and I'll go ahead and explain how this is a picture of true kindness, okay? So 2 Samuel chapter 9, it says, David asked, is there anyone still left in Saul's family? I want to show kindness to this person. I want to do it for Jonathan. There was a servant named Ziba from Saul's family. And David's servant called Ziba to David. David's servants called Ziba to David. King David said to Ziba, are you Ziba? Ziba responded and said, yes, I am your servant Ziba. The king said, is there anyone left in Saul's family? I want to show God's kindness to this person. Ziba said to King David, Jonathan has a son living, still living. He is crippled in both feet. The king said to Ziba, where is this son? Ziba said to the king, he is at the house of Makir, son of Emil, in Lodabar. Then King David sent some of his officers to Lodabar to bring Jonathan's son from the house of Makir, son of Emil. Jonathan's son, Mephil, oh, I'm going to butcher this name, Mephilboseth, that's what we're going to call him, Mafil Mephilboseth, came to David and bowed with his face low to the, the floor. David said, "Mephibosheth, I think that's how you say it. Mephibosheth um, said, yes, sir, it is me. I am your servant, Mephibosheth." And David said to him, don't be afraid. I will be kind to you because of your father, Jonathan. I will give back to you all of the land of your grandfather, Saul, and you will always be able to eat at my table. Mep- Mephibatheth uh, bowed to David again, and he said, I am no better than a dead dog, but you are being very kind to me. Then King, Saul- King David called Saul's servant, Ziba, and said, I have given Saul's family and everything he owns to your master's grandson, Mephibosheth." you will farm the land for him your sons and servants will do this for him you will harvest the crops and then your master's grandson will have plenty of food to eat but Mephibotheth will always be allowed to eat at my table Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants he said to king David I am your servant I will do everything that my lord the king commands so Mephibotheth uh, ate at David's table Like one of the king's son And then it says That he had a young son named Micah All the people and Zeba's family Became Mophilbeth's Servants And he lived in Jerusalem He was crippled in both feet And every day he ate at the king's table I am really not Making that name very good So For now let's call him McPhil Because it's just easy for me. It's a really big name. McPhil, right? Um, So basically, we got to understand the different characters. We got to understand what's going on, right? So David is on the throne. He is the king. And it was custom for the new kings to kill every single person that was still left of the old king uh, reigning, right? So in this case, he is reigning over Saul, King Saul is gone, he's dead, but he still has family left over. And it was customary for the new king to find out who was the grandson, the great-great-grandson, the sons, everybody It just cut that line because you know what? He no longer should be a part of that line. And yet David is doing something different. He's determined to show kindness instead, okay? And the way he shows kindness is he asks Ziba, which is the servant, And he's like, hey, listen, I want to know if there's anybody left that I can show God's kindness to, all right, that is part of the lineage of Saul. And I think it's really funny that they make it very clear twice that after he is found, uh, McPhil, um, that he is crippled. They make it seem like, yo, this guy is crippled. You know, we don't know how long he's going to live. He's probably, you know, not even worth saving, they keep making it a big deal. And I feel like when these are in the Bible, it's a big deal for a reason. I don't know why it's in there, but it's in there. They're trying to make it seem that he's crippled. And to me, when I read that, I'm like, okay, listen, he's crippled. He's the only you know person left. How is he related? He is Jonathan's son. So that means that he is King Saul's uh, you know, grandson. Do you really want to do that? Is it really worth it? I think that's the context of where it's coming from. But yet he says, you know what? I don't care. I don't care if he's crippled. I don't care if he's the only last person left. It doesn't bother me. I want to show kindness. And I feel like that's the way when we show kindness to others that we should be because to other people, that may be a bunch of excuses. Like, you know what? It's not worth it. You shouldn't show kindness to this person. You're only going to be dealing with them Monday through Friday at work. You're only going to be seeing them at school. It's not really worth it, you know, wasting your time to be nice to this person. So all of these excuses that other people may be saying, right? When you tell them like, "Hey, let's invite this person for lunch." "Hey, why don't we, you know, help them out?" To them, right? They're like, "Bro, but seriously, like, do you really want to do that? You're you want to waste your resources, you want to waste your time, you want to waste you know, all, they make all these excuses. We as believers need to have the character of God and, and be similar to what King David is saying. He says, listen, I don't care if he's the last grandson of Saul. I don't care if he is crippled in both legs. That doesn't bother me. That's not going to stop me. I want to show kindness to this person. Okay? So once he comes, right, it, it's funny to see that when, he, when, Mac, when McPhil comes, and he gets to David, he shows reverence, right? He goes down to his feet. Even though he's crippled, he bows all the way down to his face. He's like, listen, I recognize it. I get it. He's probably thinking, you want to kill me? I'm, I'm the last person in King Saul's reign. I get it. That's fine. Go ahead. And he's surprised because even when he has this conversation with him, he says, listen, like, I'm no better than a dead dog. Right. You see a dead dog on the street. You don't want to do anything. You don't want to show kindness. They're already done. That's it. But he's like, hey, I don't really care. I'm still going to give you kindness. And not only does he give him kindness. Right. He spares his life. But he also says to him, I am going to have a seat at the table for you and I'm going to give you servants. So here we see a picture of kindness. Okay, he goes above and beyond what he expected of just the bare minimum of kindness. And again, how does this relate to us? It's not just so much you showing kindness to people. It's not so much the bare minimum. But what are you trying to do to exceed the expectations of kindness that people are thinking of you like? When, when you're trying to show kindness to people, how are you making that kindness a lasting effect to the point where that person is, like, shocked by your kindness to the point that that person is saying, like, wow, there's something different about you to the point where that person is saying, like, man, like, no other person would do that. I don't know any other person that would do that to the point where that conversation of kindness goes beyond that one moment. Right. Because. David could have just said, you know what? I'm just calling you. I came to the kingdom, and I just want to let you know I'm sparing your life. That could have been the end of this conversation. That person, you know, McPhil could have gone back to where he came from, and everything would have been fine. No. King David was like, I'm going to go above and beyond. I'm going to show you what real kindness from God is. I'm going to give you a seat at the table. You're going to be living in this kingdom. I'm going to give you servants. I'm going to spare your life. And again, this is what I'm trying to give you guys is when you're giving kindness to others, it's not supposed to be just the bare minimum. It's supposed to exceed their expectations because that's what God would do. God would show you kindness. He would allow you to see his glory. He will allow you to get his blessings. He will allow you to feel like you are a king, like you are a queen, like you are royalty, like you are his inheritance like you are his people you are you are God's chosen okay so you can go and continue to read more about that but I really do feel like that's like the perfect beautiful picture of kindness I want to go ahead and show another picture of kindness Because I think this is, like, a really good one, and a lot of people already know this story. But I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm only going to read a few verses. It comes from Luke chapter 10, and um, it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. It starts from verse 25, and to make the long story short, basically, uh, there's a guy who walks by, and he's a, uh, you know, a man there. He, he gets robbed by uh, people. He gets attacked. He gets beat. He gets left on the side of the road, okay? And he's a Samaritan. And a priest walks by, doesn't do anything. A Levite walks by, doesn't do anything. But here's where I want to go ahead and collect it, okay? I want to go ahead and read uh, verse 33, and it's going to talk about a Samaritan. I'm sorry. The person who got beat up, I believe they said was a Gentile and uh, Gentiles and Samaritans didn't really get along because of like where they lived and what their culture was. But okay, so we said a priest walked by, didn't do anything. A Levite walked by, didn't do anything. Verse 33. I'm picking up there. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, poured an oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took one, uh, he took out two dinar, dinari, that's money, two coins, and uh, gave it to the innkeeper and said, look after him, he said. When I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have open. So here's another picture of kindness, right? Instead of just picking up his wounds, bandaging him up and going along right because that would have been nice if he just did that right he goes ahead he patches his wounds gives him first aid pours him some oil and wine makes sure that he's fine takes him on his donkey okay gives him a place to stay a place to rest a place to get care maybe care that was beyond his wounds that he couldn't do and then he tells the innkeeper keep an open tab Keep an open tab, leave this man here, take care of him, and any extra expense that he may have, I'm going to go ahead and pay for it. I'm going to go ahead and pay for any other treatment he may need, for any other healing he may need, for any more time he may have consumed. I'm going to make sure that he is well taken care of. See, this is a picture of kindness because, again, the bare minimum would have just been if he stopped on the road and, bandaged his wounds and left him there because they're you know we don't know if this guy like maybe he could have got up maybe somebody else would have found him no but he does this. he says i'm gonna take it one step further i'm gonna put him on my donkey i'm gonna take care of him i'm gonna leave him at an inn i'm gonna pay for the inn and then i'm gonna make sure that if any other care is needed i got the tab so what is this to say kindness goes beyond the level of expectation the people you're giving kindness to are looking for. God's kindness is love. God's kindness is unconditional. God's kindness says, I'm leaving the tab open. I'm here if you need me. I want to make sure we have a conversation after. You may not understand why I'm giving you kindness. You may not even deserve this kindness. But I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to make sure that if you need any help along the way, I got you. That's the kind of kindness that God wants his believers and his followers to go ahead and show. That's the kind of kindness that's going to allow people to embrace who God is and to be able to go into heaven, to be able to have a relationship with God, and to be able to to grow the kingdom of God, for them to experience what God has for them and for them to live out the purpose that God has made for them. So here are the four ways that you can show kindness, kindness, To others, not just to your enemies, not just to the people you don't like, but to others in general, right? The first one is with your time, okay? Time is so precious. Time, regardless if you are an older person or you're a younger person. Time, whether you're 8 years old, whether you're 24 years old and single, whether you're 40 years in the marriage, time is so important. The time that you live here on earth is the time that you have to abundantly share the word of God, to be able to utilize that time and spread the good news. So when you show kindness with your time, it's just a matter of you showing them, I'm going to make time for you. I'm going to show you that you're worth my time, okay? The second one is with your money. Show kindness with your money. Generosity, okay? It doesn't have to be a lot of money. It doesn't have to be a little bit of money. But kindness goes above and beyond when you give with your time. The Bible says that where your treasure is is where your heart is, right? That That's where your heart comes from. When you see that your heart is trying to show kindness, sometimes giving your money, if you have it, it's totally worth it. I will tell you this, like, recently there's been someone who passed away in our lives, and out of the kindness of Lewis's heart, he went and he put money into the GoFundMe account. And it exceeded my expectations what he gave. And I was so happy to hear it. This is something that, like, out of the kindness of his heart for the person that he cared about, for the person that he knew, for the the situation that happened, he went ahead and he put his kindness with his wallet. And I did the same thing. There are people in my family that are going through things. And out of the kindness of my heart... I went ahead and I cashed up them some money. That money is going to help them out. Maybe that money is going to help out with gas. Maybe that money is going to help out with um, food. Maybe that money is what they needed to pay a medical bill. But you know what? When you show kindness with your money, it goes beyond when you press enter and give them the money. And and your generosity has to come from your heart. Whether it's $1, whether it's $5, whether it's $300, when you show kindness, God is going to let you know how much money to give. Okay. the third way to show kindness is with your words, show kindness with your words. We talked about it. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul. Right. You catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. What is this trying to say? Watch the words you have. The words you have can can produce life or they can even kill. They can produce death. And, and your words they cut like a knife, or they're kind and they're soft and they're gentle. Your words might need might be the kindness and encouragement that somebody needs, so that they can be able to move forward in a battle that they're dealing with. All right. So show kindness with your words. And the last one is your gestures. This is when we take into account those two um, stories that we read about, right? David went ahead and his gestures of kindness were, I'm sparing your life, I'm giving you a seat at the table, and you're going to have servants who are going to work for you, okay? And and the good Samaritan, his gestures were, I'm patching your wounds, I'm putting you on the donkey, I'm taking you to an inn, and I'm paying for your tab. The gestures that you make, the actions that you do – Sometimes they go above and beyond. Sometimes it's a little bit of everything that we just talked about your time, your money, your words. Your gestures are what's going to produce the miracle or the blessing that that person you're showing kindness to might be able to receive. Your gestures might not be just one thing. Your gesture might be you know what? I'm gonna get a card, I'm gonna write in that card. I'm going to put that card in a gift. I'm going to wrap that gift up. I'm going to walk to that person's house. I'm going to give that gift to them. And after I give that gift to them, I'm going to spend some time with them. I'm going to let them know if they have if they need a shoulder to cry on, I'm here. I'm going to let them know that if they have any questions about God, about faith, about life, I'm here. So what are your gestures? What what words, what actions are you doing? You know what what are you doing to show that kindness? So, again, I just want to wrap it up like this. Four ways to show kindness to others with your time, with your money, with your words, and with your gestures. Um, So I hope that this was encouraging. I hope that, you know, it was a lot of teaching. It was a lot of explaining. But, you know, these two examples of kindness have really reassured me and really helped me out. And I'm seeing so much kindness in my life. And I was like, you know what? This is a really good topic for a lot of people to just go through. A lot of people that are dealing with really uh, difficult people, that are dealing with people that don't like you, dealing with people you can't stand, kill them with kindness. Show them God's kindness. Do what you can to give to others, all right? So thank you for listening, and I will be back tomorrow. We're going to have a Friday prayer wave. It's going to be at 31 It's actually our last Friday prayer wave for this season. I know summer just started, but uh, we we do seasons every year. And, um, yeah, the next season is going to be great. The next season starts in July. And July is literally right around the corner. Like, literally, I think, like, next week. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, tune in again, like and share. um, and, And thank you so much for listening to the remix. God bless. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Remix Movement for more updates. Be sure to check out our videos on YouTube and subscribe. Feel free to send us a DM with your feedback, questions, and any topics that you would like to hear in any of our future episodes. Thank you and God bless.